weekly Spirit Seeker show Love brought to you by... Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker uh, radio show brought to you by Spirit Seeker magazine. And this is Cindy Meyer, the publisher of this wonderful magazine that can be found as a print magazine throughout the Midwest. You'll find us in Chicago, St. Louis, in Kansas City, and into all kinds of other small towns uh, in, in those three states. Uh, in addition, you can find us in Indiana, and we have been published online since 1998. Um, we also also participate in a lot of conferences and mind, body, spirit, uh, music, and art and entertainment events. So you will find the magazine at um, at a lot of unusual places. But this this week we'll be at Earth Day, and then we uh, will be at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo coming up in Chicago in June. Um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, the, the magazine is online. And if you would like to know about uh, when the radio show is happening, when wonderful Mind, Body, Spirit events are happening throughout the Midwest, and when the magazine's online and who our radio show guests are, all you have to do is send us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com. <clears throat> and we will uh, just say, please add me to your email list. There's also a bonus for you. Um, the people that are on our email list get a chance to win books, CDs, DVDs, um, tickets to different events. We have many blessings that come the way of Spirit Seeker, and what we do is we, we bless our people who listen to the radio show and also who are on our email list. So um, so do take the time. We don't sell our list, but we do allow other people to um, advertise their events on our list, and um, that's pretty much it. So info at spiritseeker.com, asking to be added to our email list, and uh, we will do that. Okay, so tonight I am interviewing William Mitchell. Uh, he's actually Reverend William Mitchell. He wears quite a few hats. He's a lead hypnosis instructor um, for hypnosis courses, and he uh, does live training seminars, workshops, and, as I mentioned, hypnosis classes. He is William's the founder of the Mitchell Institute for Professional Hypnosis, Personal Motivation Hypnosis Clinics, Mitchell Programs, and Mitchell Events, including the amazing Heartland uh, Hypnosis Conference. And so we are going to be um, hearing about those events. I just want to tell you a little bit more about William. He has two very successful clinics. Um, he is a board-certified instructor for the National Guild of Hypnotists and regularly uh, graduates trained practitioners. Um, he is also certified by the uh, National Guild of Hypnotists. He has served as faculty at the NGH convention for eight years. So William has done a lot. He is also... Um, a graduate graduate of the theological education um, at Texas Christian University Bright Divinity School and Phillips University Graduate Seminary in Oklahoma, and has earned his Master of Divinity. So uh, he has had different congregations in Missouri, Nebraska, Kentucky, and Texas, and um, and most recently uh, in Illinois, in Stone, Stonington, Illinois. So here he is, this minister of a small congregation and at the First Baptist Church of Stonington, but he um, is affiliated with a moderate American Baptist, and he's involved in all kinds of service work in helping make the world you know, a better place in everything that he does. So I am going to bring William on. William, thank you so much for being thank my you. guest tonight. Hey, good job. There's any, it's hard to, hard to get through my bio. I know it's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you wear several hats, and you know. So, which, which came first, the, the 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 divinity, you know, the masters of divinity, and you know that part come, or yeah. were you yeah, always my, intrigued? Uh, yeah. My roots are in Missouri. My mother grew up in University City. My father was up by Hannibal, Missouri, in a small town, and he sold a farm to my mother's parents and my mother went to visit them on their farm and my dad spied her and uh, whisked her away and romanced her and married her and moved to this little small town up by Hannibal and I grew up there and church was always a big part of our lives and at a very early age I felt you know that's where God wanted me to be and so I went to Culver Stockton College undergraduate uh, studying to be in the ministry there and in those in those days in those situations even though you were 19 years old and you only had a little bit of education they'd send you out on weekends to preach in these little churches. And so that was a great experience. Then I went on to seminary. and then, But all the way through, there was always, a, in our denomination, we were very interested in the modern approach to religion. So we had a lot of instruction in psychology. And, and uh, so I've always been a student of religious experience in general, not just in Christian, Christianity and also in the psychology of religion and, and just also in the, in the psychology of counseling. And so we do attempt to help people. But, but um, you know, it's, it's fun. Just today, you know, today I had... Several people come in that had quit smoking. I had one person come in for fear of flying, and another person is uh, getting help with uh, anxiety overtaking their medical school exams. And you know, so you get a lot of people. The hypnosis really is the original mind-body, mind-body, uh, you know, uh, technique. And so that's it was attractive to me, and so I got into it at really as part of my counseling. So when you um, were a young man. Um, living in Hannibal and attending the churches, mm-hmm. did you have a family member who was a minister, or was there someone who was a mentor that you're like, I want to be like that when I grow up? Oh no, I, I was um, no. My my father's a, was a very good small town businessman, but he was not in any way a minister, and he was he was always in church. I mean, he was a regular tender. He was an elder in the church, but but no, I just um, um, it, was, it was kind of an odd. Odd thing, I think when I decided to go in the ministry, I think everybody was shocked. I was a pretty, pretty red-blooded American boy. I was an all-state football player. I was, you know, I wasn't the typical guy you thought was going to seminary. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, sometimes there's like, you know, a mentor that comes across. Like, you know, I can remember being very young wanting to be a nurse, and then my girlfriend's mom saying, why are you setting your sights so low? Why don't you want to be a doctor? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I want to be in the trenches with the patients. You know, but I just always knew from the time I was little that I wanted to be a nurse. Oh, yes, I, I knew a number of good ministers. Our church was very fortunate to have, when I was a young person, several younger, very um, very competent ministers that I certainly was attracted to their their friendship and their, their leadership. As a matter of fact, the minister that I had during junior high and the first part of high school, we're still good friends today. He's just recently retired, and and um, he's he's still a good friend. And and um, but while I certainly you know could see could see from his good example the possibilities, I really wasn't trying to be uh, a mini a mini me of that minister. <laughs> I just I've, and uh, really it's one of those things where they say classically when you read about ministry. You know, you get the call, and then the church is supposed to confirm the call. And I've got to be honest, even myself, when I first felt the call, I didn't really understand, you know, what exactly God had in mind for me. But as it turned out, um, I did have some gifts and graces for ministry that I didn't even know I had at the time. And uh, one of those was public speaking. And and, and throughout my ministry, my, my sermons have often been 
been praised as being very strong and very very helpful to people. And but also I have the kind of personality that likes people and I like to be around people. And so that's good in in the running of the church because you know there's there's a there's a social aspect to to having a congregation too. So so uh, right. all those things came out. All those things came out. Yeah. So um, at what point, William, did you have this other burning desire? Like you know you're like okay I I love what I do but I've always been fascinated with the mind, the body, and the spirit. And mm-hmm. to be so drawn toward hypnotherapy, because, I mean, you've been working in this area for how long, since 1997? 20, or? Yeah, 20 years now. This is my 20th year. Yeah, 20th year. Well, I'm like a lot of people when it came to hypnosis. I was a little skeptical about hypnosis. I certainly had my reservations. But it's one of those things where when you see it, then you're going, oh, there's something to this. There's more to this than I, than I thought. And, and for me, once I saw the effects, the positive effects that hypnosis had on people as far as helping them improve their lives, then I was very interested. And there are some pretty amazing things about hypnosis, how it can help people, you know, change their behaviors, uh, help them block pain. You know, uh, they can do all kinds of things like overcoming fears and phobias. And, and you're going, wow, you're, you know, you're just talking, and all of a sudden these people are dramatically different. And, you, you know, the person talking isn't the one making them different. It's their own inner resources they're getting in touch with, but you are guiding them in a, in a positive way to find their own inner resources. And, and to me, that went right along with my Christianity because the idea was, is, you know, you're empowering people. And, and that's the idea, not to make them dependent, but to empower them. Right. So you started off as a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. And did you, um, did you mainly work with private clients and, and, you know, your base was already your people in your church? Or how did you become so successful as a hypnotherapist? Well, I, I got into it kind of backwards, you know, and um, I did call a good psychologist friend of mine and said, what do you think about hypnosis? And we went to breakfast, and he said, oh, I use hypnosis all the time in my practice. He goes, it's not a cure-all, nothing is, but don't be afraid of hypnosis. It can be very helpful. And then I got involved uh, on a business level with a group of people who did these larger group hypnosis sessions, and and um, and they had a very good program, which I uh, then adopted, and started doing, and, and we had great success with that. And then eventually, though, after doing that for a few years, with really outstanding results for many, many people, I thought it would be uh, even more interesting to do the one-on-one sessions. Now, all during that time, I continued my, my relationship with the church, and, and, um, and I've continued at this day. So, so I've always had you know one foot in, in that realm, one in the other. And then a, a number of years ago, I was asked to be adjunct faculty at SIU School of Medicine, teaching on the CAM program, Complementary Alternative Medicine, basically about hypnosis. And so, you know, I like to say I have one foot in the religious world, one foot in the medical world, you know, one foot in the hypnosis world, and and um, and that feels comfortable to me because ministers are around hospitals all the time. We're not we're not scared of going to the hospital. So um, so that all was comfortable to me, and and uh, it's been very helpful. And like today, one of the persons that came to see me was actually a church member, and. When my church members, I of course don't charge them. I just, I just put it down as pastoral care. But I do ask them to come to one of my offices because I'm just set up, you know, with privacy and everything to do it better there than I am in my church office. Although sometimes I do hypnotize people in my church office because um, they're not able maybe to come all the way to where my offices are in Springfield, Illinois, or Decatur, Illinois. So, but uh, I've helped a number of my church people quit smoking and. Some of them lose weight, and some people overcome fears and that type of thing. And and sometimes just good old-fashioned counseling, using hypnosis as an adjunct as part of the counseling. 
Well, and what would you say the biggest change that you have seen in the 20 years that you've been working in this field? You know, because <clears throat> 20 years ago, I can remember doing one of the first holistic living expos, and people, you know, at that at that time, massage was still kind of shady, okay, like massage parlors, and Reiki was like Reiki, and what the heck is that, and what do you mean, you know, I mean, I think if I had said laying out of hands, people might have understood it a bit, you know, a little bit more because the charismatic movement was in the mm-hmm. Catholic Church and a lot of different, you know, the Presbyterians did laying out of hands and a lot of different religions did laying out of hands. But, you know, back 20 years ago, people still didn't really know hypnosis. They they did, but they didn't. And they still don't. I mean, it's still a niche. It's a, I, I think that, like you said, massage has come a long way. Reiki's been a, a just amazing in the in the growth of Reiki and and some of these alternative approaches to healing, and they're, they're definitely getting more acceptance. And I, and I think what happens with hypnosis is, is when, when people are around credible, believable professionals that do hypnosis, uh, very quickly they see it, oh, it's just, it's, it's just another, another medical procedure that can be used and, and uh, can help people. But, but uh, I'd say the biggest change, in, in, uh, certainly in hypnosis, is the Internet. And the Internet has changed it because it used to be you could get a – Hundred people to come to the Holiday Inn and do a group group hypnosis session, and now, you know, it's like I've got, you know, I got a call yesterday, and this person's in Pennsylvania, and they want to do a stop smoking program over the internet. And as long as I can see them, and as long as they can hear me, we can do hypnosis. <laughs> so, you know, and and actually, I can do hypnosis without seeing them, but I like to see them because there are physical cues in their face and their body that kind of tell you how deep they are in hypnosis. So, I prefer to use a Skype or Zoom type of session. But I'd say the Internet's changed it tremendously because I have, I have uh, colleagues that I'd say 90% of their practice is on the Internet now, which is amazing to me. You know, I never thought I would Skype a breathwork, uh, breathwork session, but I don't know why that my, there's something strange with Blog Talk. If we get cut off, and listeners, if you're listening and something happens, we will be right back on. So, William, if something happens, please just call back in because I don't know, it's, it's sure. doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, but at any rate, I recently, with one of my coaching clients, did a Skyped breathwork session. And who would have ever thought you could do that, you know? And actually, mm-hmm. we didn't even use Skype because the client was like, no, no, that's too complicated. Let's just do FaceTime. I'm like, oh, all righty. So she had her phone facing, and we did the whole session. And I do feng shui consultations over the phone all the time. And people who really, um, you know, sometimes they don't care. They don't even want you to come to their house. You know, some people are very private. And so a lot of my consultations are uh, over the internet. Over the internet now, so isn't it fascinating? Oh, it is. And one thing I like is with the new with the new smartphones, I have lots of clients who set their phone up or their iPad, and they uh, basically record their session. And to be honest with you, it's much easier to convince people they've been deeply hypnotized because they can see what they look like. In the past, people felt very relaxed, but they didn't know what they looked like, and you had to kind of talk to them and do some convincers to convince them they were hypnotized. But when they turn on their iPad and they videotape it or, you know, when they're taping it, then they watch it. They're going, oh, yeah, I was really hypnotized, wasn't I? I go, yes, you were. Right, right, right. It's absolutely amazing. Um, okay, I'm going to see if I can do something with this. It just feels like um, we're still on the air, but for some reason, and I do not know why, okay, I guess it's done. Maybe it was just an error on blog talk. I kept hearing this um, 10 seconds. Sorry, I, that it happens every once in a while with blog talk, but um, 
But I just find it, it fascinating. It, it's saying that this is not recording. I do not know if it is or not. I just, William, we might be just sitting here talking into air. Um, okay. Recording left. It says we're on air. I don't know what in the world is happening with this. Let me do that. Oops. Okay. Okay, now I, are you still there? Okay. Hmm. William, William, 